the Girl Crush Podcast. Some theme music. She has so many funny lines right up Reese's alley. I love her even more. It's underrated. I had no idea. Fell in love with her performances in the 90s. Supreme. Clearly, she has guts. Whiskey teacups, also known as Sass. Full two cups of whiskey. It's also known as like a classic. Forgot how much I love this movie. I completely agree. This is exactly what we had in mind. So on point. So on point. Hello and welcome to Girl Crush Podcast. I'm Allie. And I'm Anne. We love Reese Witherspoon. So this season, we're watching all of her movies and ranking them. If you want to give us your own thoughts, be sure to connect with us on Instagram at girlcrush underscore pod. And as always, be sure to rate and review. On today's episode, we'll be talking about This Means War, which was released in 2012, and Reese plays a character named Lauren. You can rent this on Amazon Prime. And in this movie, when two CIA agents start dating the same woman, things get competitive as they vie for her heart. At this point, this is where we'll tell you to stop if you want to go watch this movie and you haven't already, because from here on out, there will be spoilers. And I'm like, I can take it or leave it on this one, I think. Yeah. You should know if you're in the crowd for this movie. Like, kind of dumb action rom-com type of thing. Mm -hmm. If you like those generally, then you'll like this. Agreed. Today's episode is brought to you by XO Art and Design. Amanda is a Chicago-based artist, calligrapher, and designer. She's the one-stop shop for wedding invitations and calligraphy, logos and branding, personalized gifts, and more. She even offers modern calligraphy workshops and private classes in Chicago and the surrounding areas, perfect for birthday or bachelorette parties. Find out more on Instagram at xoartanddesign or at xoartanddesign.com. And if you're not from Chicago, don't worry. Her products can be shipped to anywhere in the U.S. Mention this ad to get 10% off your first design or calligraphy order with XO Art and Design. All right, so for the plot of This Means War, we gave this a 5.5 out of 10. Not very strong for, I think, what we were hoping would be a better movie than it was. Yep, it's a little bit of a letdown. It is. Let's get into why. Okay, movie opens in Hong Kong, classic spy music playing, and we meet two CIA agents, Tuck, played by Tom Hardy, and FDR, played by Chris Pine, and they're on this mission at a swanky party. A shootout starts when the bad guy, Carl Heinrich, played by Till Schweiger, who I recognize most clearly from Inglorious Bastards, Mm. tries to rip off some businessmen for some kind of deal. This shootout and chasing kind of end with Carl Heinrich parachuting from the roof, a few guys falling from the roof, etc. Tuck and FDR are worried that their boss won't be happy. Back in the U.S., we meet Reese, who's playing Lauren, working for a smart consumer company where they test products for reviews and recommendations. Amazing job, I think. Yeah, it seems so fun. Lauren is a bit of a workaholic, forgets that there's a holiday or even a weekend coming up, just like classic... Too dedicated to her career, woman. Trope. Yeah. TBH kind of feels like a Sandra Bullock role, almost. Ooh. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. It's like a very common theme in Sandra Bullock movies. Hmm. Tuck and FDR's boss is indeed very upset because it was supposed to be a covert operation. Six guys ended up dying, including Heinrich's brother. So it just all blew up, no pun intended. (laughs) And their boss grounds them, a.k.a. desk duty. (laughs) We then see Lauren walking down the street, maybe after a workout, jamming out to music, just like kind of in the groove in her own head. Mm -hmm. And she runs into an ex named Steve and his new fiance, and they end up at the same restaurant too. After she lied, like panicked, lied, said she's meeting up with Ken. Ken turns out to be her favorite worker at her local sushi restaurant, and he calls Lauren out for being alone when she's like, oh, I'm I'm waiting for someone. And And they're there. It's so awkward. (laughs) And Ken's like, no, you're not. You're alone. Yeah. (laughs) 
Also, like we said, she maybe just was coming from a workout. It's a little unclear. She's like kind of grunge. Her ex, Steve, and his new fiance are like perfectly groomed on bikes, like look like they're straight out of a gap ad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's a nightmare. Just in general, I'm like anywhere I go out in public, I'm like, please don't let me run into anyone I know. And I don't know a lot. Like, I mean, I've lived here for several years. I still don't know a lot of people in Colorado. And I'm like, I've never run into someone here, which is great. That's crazy. I know. Have you? Do you run into people a lot in Chicago? Not a ton. Kale like runs into people all the time. He sees people he knows everywhere. I feel like that doesn't happen to me very often. But you know, I have an ex-boyfriend who's a cop and my worst fear is that he pulls me over someday. (laughs) That would be awful. Can you imagine? Oh my god, my whole body just like seized up even thinking about it. I know. (laughs) Oh boy. Lauren, she goes and meets up with her best friend Trish, played by Chelsea Handler, who is clearly ultimate BFF because she is dragging Steve. As she should. (laughs) As she should. And she tries to convince Lauren to try online dating. Tuck and FDR are at a family party at this giant, gorgeous house, and one of their grandmas lectures them for not settling down and having kids. And FDR, played by Chris Pine, as a reminder, seems much more against the thought of settling down than Tuck, played by Tom Hardy again. Just, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to keep these guys straight. (laughs) Tuck actually does have a son, Joe, and we see Joe at a dojo getting beat by another kid, so it's like, you know, there should be a Cobra Kai, like, crossover (laughs) event here. I couldn't get into that show, actually. I never watched it. Scott loved it. I don't know. <laughs> I watched two episodes and I was like, I don't, no, I don't care. I don't care about this. <laughs> <laughs> Tuck tries to offer to have dinner with Joe's mom, his ex, Katie, played by Abigail Spencer, who I love. She's in Mad Men, Grey's Anatomy, Suits, the show I loved called Timeless that got canceled. She's in a bunch of stuff. That's awesome. But she's like, can't have a date. Which is womp 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 womp. We see Lauren walking into work where everyone's looking at her funny because her friend created an online profile for her that says, come and get it. I would kill this person. Absolutely not. Number one, her glasses in this scene are so cute. Yes. Number two, what is your experience with online dating? Well, Scott and I met online, so it worked out. Yeah. But went on many other first dates that were terrible. You just sift through it a bit. You do. You do. Um, I would say one of the more humorous ones I went on was, I don't even remember what bar or restaurant it was, but we like meet up for drinks or something. And he's like, oh, I I just had my wisdom teeth removed like two <laughs> days ago. So I, I can't have, I can't eat or drink really anything. I was like, oh, okay. So we both just ordered waters. Stop it. <laughs> We're sitting there. And I mean, Why this guy like. he just reschedule? I don't know. And this guy like needed a drink to like get through a date. You know what I'm saying? Like oh. he was really not fun to be around. And I texted my friend Taylor and I was like, you got to get over here and <laughs> like save me from this. I can't. I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm about to like get up and go to the bathroom and, and never come back. Which I've never done before. Yeah. So anyway, date ended and my friend Taylor was like waiting by the curb. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, that's wild. Just had my wisdom teeth out. I was like, okay. <laughs> but we didn't have to do this today. Yeah. We? Like you could have waited a few days. <laughs> oh man. Okay. I have the personality of a wet paper towel. Okay. Oh. <laughs> you never online dated though. 
<laughs> no. I met Kale when I was too young. I mean, I feel like online dating had started, but it was still in the phase of like a little bit creepy and it was not very mainstream at the time. Yeah, I feel like online dating then was like match.com. You're paying to have a profile. Yes. You are and it serious. Was like, right. It was like only people who were like quite a bit older who were really looking to like settle down and find a spouse on online yes. dating. <laughs> Nothing like um, going to a sleepover and waking up at 3 a.m., the TV's on, there's an infomercial playing for Match.com. <laughs> that is, I don't want to call it a core memory because <laughs> that doesn't have the right connotation, but it's like a very, I know that just like brought me back so much. I can remember like the announcer guy's voice in my head. Yes. You know? Yes. 100%. Oh, man. We'll have to, like, pull a video off Find YouTube an old, or something. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. should. <sighs> right when Lauren goes to delete the page, she sees Tuck's picture, and she thinks he's super cute. FDR is kind of scared for Tuck to go on a date, and he thinks he's an idiot for putting his personal info online. I mean, these guys are CIA agents, so, like, kind of right. agree. And this is back in 2012, so this is, like, the time period yeah, we're talking about. Yeah, that's true. About, where that's it's, like, true. This is, just, like, earlier. Yeah, it's, like, just starting to come up. <sighs> Yeah. He wants to come on the date with Tuck, and they agree he can just wait nearby. <laughs> I do kind of like their their little bromance. Yeah. Lauren and Tuck meet up. They both seem a little enamored with each other. She really likes his accent, which can't argue with. Tom Hardy yep. has his British accent in this movie. Tuck gives a signal that he's all good, and FDR doesn't need to worry about him. Tuck tells Lauren about his son Joe right away. Respect. And Lauren asks him if he's ever been or ever would be a serial killer. <laughs> like, you know, classic <laughs> first date straight conversation. Up ask you. <laughs> right? She also asks, have you ever killed anyone with your bare hands? To which he responds, not this week. Uh-huh. And she's like, uh-huh. oh, yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> After the date, Lauren goes to rent a movie, and she runs into FDR there as they both reach for the same movie. He claims to know about women in movies and they flirt, but she kind of calls him out for trying to pick up women for one night rental and that she's capable of picking her own movies. It's like, you know, (laughs) strong, independent woman over here going to Blockbuster. Yes. I love it. You pick your own movie, Lauren. Yes. Also, I have to say, love that this came out in 2012. She's still renting a video, but my my cousin loyally frequented the Blockbuster in her college town until 2014. So this is realistic. Erin <laughs> was probably the last blockbuster <laughs> rental card holder in Morgantown. I like remember so funny. like going with her to like rent a Seriously? movie while you're in college. Yes. I I watched movies in college still too. Like I mean like watched DVDs. Like we rented them from the rec center at Kale's school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After I graduated college in my first apartment, I was broke and did not have internet. So uh-huh. shout out to local public library. I would rent just like seasons of DVDs of shows and movies and stuff. I think you were the one who told me that you could even do that. I've never done it. You can still do it. I was just at the library this <laughs> wild. Did you I get know, anything? Right? Just books. Any movies? <laughs> just books. <laughs> FDR runs a background check on Lauren at work and finds out who she is, and he then attends a consumer feedback group, which I've kind of always wanted to do. How do you do that? Do you guys have them? No, we don't really do that kind of research, but the company I used to work for, Nielsen, does do certain groups and stuff like that, and they put like ads out on the internet, and they pay you like $100 to come in for a few hours and do it. Need to Google this. Yes. FDR disrupts and asks her on a date for the next day, and she only says yes, so he'll leave. He's, like, just kind of being obnoxious and interrupting her. 
FDR and Tuck are both doing background checks on their girls, and they go to show each other, and they both see that it's Lauren, which is super awkward. Oh, so awkward. FDR at first says he loves Tuck and will bow out. Tuck is like, did she actually say she wanted to date you? And FDR says if he stayed in the race, it wouldn't be fair because he has so much experience. So (sighs) Tuck gets defensive. FDR is like clearly very cocky. Very. And Tuck is more like a little softer. Yes. Yeah, I would agree with that. Tuck gets defensive and says, let's let her decide. So they make a few ground rules. One, don't tell her they know each other. Two, stay out of each other's way. Three, no hanky-panky. And four, if it starts to affect their friendship, then they walk away from her. Okay. <laughs> Those are good rules. Uh, yeah. Except for the fact that they don't tell her they know each other. Though. Yeah, okay, it's just good. like the... But, uh, but yeah. the others, I'm like, okay, they're they're trying to go about it in the right way. Sure. But we all know where this is going. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We see Carl Heinrich approaching a custom suit maker in a dark shop with some fabric from the altercation at the beginning of the movie. The suit maker tells him he's only made one other suit with that fabric before for someone in L.A. Presumably this is either FDR or Tuck. Mm-hmm. Carl says he now has a reason to go to L.A. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Montage of Tuck hanging out with Lauren at a carnival, playing air hockey, etc. With FDR trying to get a hold of him for an hour. He's like leaving these kind of desperate messages to Tuck, casually asking where he is, like clearly concerned that, you know, he might be hanging out with Lauren. Yeah. Tuck takes Lauren to a trapeze, which is a daring date idea. I don't know. Yeah. And they just like very casually do professional trapeze moves. Have you ever done one of those? No, but you know what I just thought of is I wonder if Reese did any of her stunts if this came out after Water for Elephants. Oh, 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 good question. We'll have to look that up. Yeah. Per usual, we did not do the research before recording. Why would we do that? Why? We're we're for the real people here. This really just, you know, it just comes in the moment. So you can't prepare for everything, you know? You're so right. <laughs> when they fall into the net, he very cheesily says, sometimes falling is the best part. And then they mac. <laughs> Lauren feels a little weird about dating two guys, but Trish tells her to embrace it, and then it's fine. So Lauren and FDR go to a club for their date. She is really not into it, wants to leave, saying she already did this when she was in college, and she and FDR... (laughs) Right? (laughs) Like, FDR, what are you doing? terrible date. She and FDR are both judgy of each other and want to call it a night. Right as they part ways angrily, she sees her ex and his fiance again and runs back to FDR, makes him kiss her, and introduces FDR to Steve as her surgeon boyfriend, and he totally goes along with it. Like, he gets really into it. Yes, he's like, okay, this is my role. I, here I am. <laughs> right? Steve and the fiance feel really awkward during this and walk away with the fiance being like, you are so lucky to Lauren, <laughs> which kind of feels ouch, weird. Yeah. Lauren thanks FDR, and then he asks her to grab a piece of pizza around the corner, saying she at least owes him an explanation for this encounter they just had. Right. So she tells him the story of her and Steve, and he's actually, like, pretty encouraging and positive about it, and he understands why she did it. Right. He seems like kind of a nice guy outside of his, like, cool guy exterior a little bit. Right. The next day at work, FDR accuses Tuck of doing recon on his date, and their <laughs> their boss interrupts, letting them know that Heinrich was spotted coming into the U.S., and they need to figure out how to flush him out. Tuck tells FDR very cutely that he and Lauren, quote, shared a kiss, and then FDR kind of mocks him, tells him that he kissed her as well. So, like, they're kind of getting more competitive about this at this point. 
this escalates, the two guys both get a team together to research Lauren and say the reason is top secret to like both of their teams, implying it has something to do with the current mission associated with Heinrich and is not for personal reasons. Mm-hmm. Cut to Lauren dancing to this is how we do it, making dinner <laughs> in her super nice house while Tuck and FDR are both in her house bugging it. Yes, like what? This quickly escalated. That's so creepy. And if this were not set in an action romance comedy movie, it would be the creepiest thing of all time. Right? Oh, what was that movie from, maybe it was Jennifer Aniston's season, where we were like, if you overlaid creepy music to this, it would be a scary movie instead of a comedy. Yes. This is oh, same. shoot, what movie was Similar that? vibes. Yeah, it's like same. You're like, what are they doing? Right? Tuck and FDR's boss sends them out for a little outing associated with the Heinrich case. They go into a poker game, and Tuck pretends to be drunk, and then they claim to be friends with Heinrich, which the main Russian guy, question mark, um, knows isn't true because Heinrich doesn't have friends. Another shootout chase scene in the poker room and the strip club it's attached to. Tuck and FDR ultimately catch the guy who knows Heinrich. Both guys get an alert about the Lauren mission from their respective teams, and it's that Trish was called over to Lauren's house. They both figure out that they've done the same thing with bugging Lauren's house, and Lauren and Trish are discussing the two guys, and Trish suggests they do, like, a product review role play about the guys so Lauren feels more comfortable, like, relating it back to work. Yeah. Okay, so when they're talking about the guys, first of all, Lauren says that FDR has tiny T-Rex hands, and she says that Tuck is British, which is, like, a negative thing to her, and I'm like, are you kidding me? I think almost any American woman would find British being a positive, at least for the accent, if nothing else. Right? She never clarifies why. And then, like, the rest of the movie, you're just, like, kind of trying to catch a glimpse of Chris Pine's hands. You're like, does he have tiny hands? Yeah, you're like, are they? You're like, how did they write that? I wonder if Chris Pine was like, hey. Right. <laughs> uh, or like they got to come up with their like own insults. Right. Oh, yeah. Know? Yeah, that would be funny. Lauren says she's going to give herself a deadline of one week to make a decision on which guy to stick with because she works well with deadlines. After getting intel on what she likes, Tuck takes her driving in a sports car and FDR takes her to see paintings by her favorite artists. She's shocked that he has a similar interest and really touched by getting to see this because, like, obviously, FDR especially comes off very macho, kind of. So Yeah, macho and a little shallow, maybe. Yeah. And FDR has an earpiece in and he he has... He has his team reading facts about the artist to him, but then Tuck intercepts the transmission and it tells him to say things like he finger painted or he used sticks to paint, just like things that would make him look ridiculous. And Lauren's like, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Really? Like, really? That doesn't seem right. After FDR hears Lauren telling Trish she thinks FDR can be selfish, he takes her to a dog adoption center, pretending like he knows everyone there and saying he wants her to help him pick a dog to adopt. Lauren tells Trish that Tuck is super fun and really sweet, but maybe too sweet, maybe boring. So Tuck takes her paintballing and like totally destroys everyone because he's a CIA agent. He impresses her and she's like, you are disturbingly good at this. (laughs) The one shot she fires is accidentally into his crotch. Just, you know, classic rom-com plot point. Yeah. Also, they're playing with like a bunch of preteen boys. (laughs) Have you ever been paintballing? No, and I, I want to go. I think it'd be fun. That'd be so fun. We should go like me, you, Scott, and Kale sometime. Oh, we should. 
you and I both, I think, would have to wear, like, a lot of clothes because we'd both bruise so easily. Oh, yeah, totally. I've, like, shot an airsoft gun once because that used to be a thing when I was younger. But I haven't, like, been paintballing. Yeah, my brother's had a BB gun, but my only memory mm-hmm. of that is my brother accidentally breaking my mom's bird feeder with it. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like a Christmas story. Oh, <laughs> This is producer and editor Kale jumping in with a quick story that seemed too relevant not to share. I, as a teenage boy, have gone paintballing with someone with military training. So my church in high school used to go paintballing occasionally. And one of our youth sponsors, like an adult who comes along and helps wrangle us kids, was an ex-Marine. And so... There was one time we were playing at this setup that they called Four Corners. This place we used to go to had a bunch of different kind of scenarios and different setups with buildings or different landscapes and stuff. And this one was called Four Corners. So we split into two teams and each team had two buildings. They were each in the four corners of the arena. And then you would try to take over all four buildings or the other team's other two buildings. And so we had taken one over. So we were we had three buildings. The other team all had one, but they were in the largest building. So most of the other team was still in play in the large building. And the Marine was on our team and he was like, guys, uh, I know how to clear buildings like very literally. <laughs> he was like, just, you know, give me some cover. And if I can just get to the door into the building, I will win this game for us. And so we did, you know, we made sure he was able to make it inside the building safely. And then we all just kind of stood there and we heard a bunch of shouting and a bunch of shots. And then the entire team came out having been taken out by this former Marine. So yeah, going paintballing with someone who has actual training is truly terrifying. So I get it. After continuing to talk to Trish, Lauren determines she needs to have sex with both of them to have a sex tiebreaker. <laughs> the two guys overhear, and they again agree that they are not going to sleep with her. Mm-hmm. After a date, Tuck and Lauren start making out, and FDR, watching through his spyware, sees so and makes the sprinklers go off. It's so creepy. After a date with FDR, FDR and Lauren are kissing. Lauren says she'll BRB. And then Tuck shoots FDR with a tranquilizer dart gun and makes him pass out. Because he's like, (laughs) he doesn't trust that FDR actually will not go through with it. Right. Meanwhile, with this like whole Heinrich subplot, the guys have to interrogate his comrade. They're still kind of arguing in front of this guy about Lauren. And this guy ends up telling them that Heinrich is coming and that they're going to die. So like let go of this women business yeah side note i hate this little side plot (laughs) it it does feel really pointless yeah (laughs) it like i'm gonna spoil it it doesn't come to anything really (laughs) fdr takes lauren home to meet nana she finds out his parents died when he was nine meaning he's had a hard time trusting people and she finds out that she's the first girl he's ever brought to meet her like his nana they seem to have a sweet really fun dinner with the fam this is also where fdr you know another classic rom-com plot like softens around his family and right they have an actual connection it's like uh, how to lose a guy in 10 days when mcconaughey takes k yeah to yeah yeah they spend the night together at her house and in the morning lauren rushes out for work much to his dismay and she's maybe seeming like a bit regretful it's awkward kind of yeah she calls trish and tells her it was amazing but she's supposed to meet tuck this afternoon and doesn't think she can Trish pep talks her into going to hang out with Tuck anyway, and Tuck's team tries to avoid telling him what happened, but he gets it out of them. So, you mm-hmm. know, the FDR kind of 
broke the rules. Yeah. Meanwhile, a flight attendant shows up at FDR's place for her weekly layover day, and he's surprised having forgotten about her and says he can't do it because he's met someone. Also, there's, like, <laughs> Celine Dion playing in the background, and we don't know if he's watching the Titanic or if it's just Celine <sighs> Dion. Right. He's just gone, like, all the way in the other direction, right. and he's watching, like, romantic movies. Yeah. <laughs> Tuck introduces his son to Lauren, which feels like a big step, I would imagine. Yeah, right? like I would think so. The son mentions Uncle Frank being his dad's only friend, and Tuck is able to brush it off as someone he works with. They have a cute, fun day together. They're bonding. Whatever. Tuck goes inside with Lauren, and as they're making out, he destroys the camera bugs in the house. He's like, you know, discreetly. Mm-hmm. Lauren stops him and says, she's not that kind of girl. He says he's in love with her. As a response, what? Per usual, this has all gone way too quickly. It's been like two weeks. Right. Lauren asks Trish if it's possible to be equally in love with both guys. And Trish says, not in love. She advises her not to go for the better guy, but to go for the guy who will make her a better girl. And like, Trish, great advice. Yeah. Tuck and FDR are pissed at each other, essentially wanting to break up their friendship over this. Right. FDR says he already asked for a transfer for a different partner to a different unit, whatever. Lauren calls Tuck and asks him to meet up with her. As FDR is packing up his stuff, he notices on the surveillance video that Heinrich was following Tuck and Lauren. And FDR shows up to where Tuck and Lauren are, and they pretend they don't know each other, like Tuck and FDR. Right. Lauren's super confused, runs off to call Trish, obviously feels like something's off. Meanwhile, FDR tries to tell Tuck that Heinrich is after them, but Tuck, like, doesn't want to hear it, just thinks FDR is trying to win over Lauren. Mm-hmm. They start fighting in the middle of this, like, nice restaurant. Lauren comes back, overhears them saying that they know each other, figuring this must have been some sort of game or bet. Obviously, she's really upset, runs off. Trish comes to pick Lauren up, and two giant scary men love tap their car, and Heinrich gets out and says he wants her boyfriends. Heinrich takes Trish and Lauren hostage. FDR and Tuck, meanwhile, are still arguing in this restaurant, but they go after her by the bugs that they put on her phone, like they know where Mm -hmm. she is. They're able to get Lauren out of the car, and Trish goes careening and into a pond, and her VW Beetle just floats on the water. (laughs) It does not sink. There are so many parallels to, like, this movie and other movies. Just, they keep coming to my head. I know, they're like... It's, like, such a typical plot point. Yeah, it's like they took every comedy action movie and they just, like, cut it into strips and then they just, like, picked pieces to go together. Yeah. Lauren asks what's going on. They admit they're not a travel agent and cruise ship captain, as (laughs) told her. They're just, (laughs) why those careers? If you had to, on the spot, on the spot, Allie, give me a fake career. (gasps) <gasps> FBI agent, my dream career. <laughs> be would be incredibly st- hard that would be to pull off. Story. <laughs> You're an no. FBI agent. You just said, give me a fake career, not cover story. <laughs> okay, my cover story would, pr- let me think. Uh, maybe I would say I was in market research because that's what I used to do. Mm, that's good. What about you? Book scout. What? Yeah. What does a book scout do? A book scout is someone who reads books and then pitches them to, or they already work for, like, TV or film companies, so they, like, pitch book adaptations. Whoa. How did you think of that right now? Is this, like, a side dream job you have? I just read a lot of books, and Sydney and I, Sydney's, Allie and I's former roommate, we read to each other, and we've just, like, talked about how that's, like, such an elusive dream job. Wow, that's so cool. Well, you ever read a book and you're like, oh, it'd be such a good... Oh, yeah, totally. My backup side job under pressure, if I had to just, like, say one on the spot, would be, like, savory crepe shop owner. (laughs) What if they're like, can you make me a crepe? I'd be like, well, I just own it. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> just do the books. I didn't say savory crepe chef. That's true. That's but I still feel like you'd have key. to like show them your crepe shop. There's a lot of Google images out there. <laughs> this is making me think I need to like come up with a more elaborate backstory in case it's ever needed. <laughs> you never I'm gonna know. I'm going to do some thinking. You, you never, never know. know. As they, <laughs> anyway, as they have this shootout and car chase with the bad guys, Tech and FDR make up. They're like, we're back, baby. Woo. So their, their friendship was on a break for about three hours. A day and a half. <laughs> they drive out onto an unfinished highway. This is the speed section. <laughs> and instead of trying to jump the gap like in speed, they stop just in time, which. That changed it up a little. Okay. Is the more logical approach, but you know. Right. At this point, both men are trying to give Lauren up for each other. Like now they're just bromancing, you know, bonding. Right. Again. Like, oh no, you have her. You have her. Yeah. She says she's she like, didn't, uh-uh. yeah, she's like, I didn't even make a decision. Like, so meanwhile, Heinrich starts driving towards them. They start shooting at his car, but it's bulletproof. Lauren just stands there, not hiding or getting out of the way at all, <laughs> and just screams at them to shoot the lights out because of something she knows from her job. Like, the lights going out, it would deploy the airbags. Uh-huh. I love that this is the reason they gave her that job. <laughs> For this moment right here, so that she... <laughs> She could say, oh, I know this car. Like, shoot out the lights. It'll deploy the airbag. And here we come full circle to why they gave her the career that she has. <laughs> right? They're like, well, she can either work at a Home Depot or. Yeah. <laughs> this is like the Legally Blonde part of the movie where it's like. So true. Ch- try to use something from another part of your life to solve a problem in this new situation you find yourself in. Mm-hmm. Yep. As the car comes rolling towards them, she has to decide whether to run to FDR or to talk. And we find Mm -hmm. out that she ran to FDR. And it seems like FDR was her choice all along. She had asked him to lunch to break up with him. She'd asked Tuck to lunch to break up with him. Oh, yeah. She, yeah, yeah. Why did they name it FDR? It's just like way too many syllables to say. Yeah, it really is. Also, I was like surprised by her choice. And I feel like she should have just chosen neither and they should have all just been friends. Right. Like what? Anyway, we'll get into this. But like why? What made her choose him? I agree with that. He would not have been my choice either. We see Tuck watching his son at martial arts. His ex is there to pick up Joe. She found out through all of this that he's not a travel agent. So now he's apparently much more attracted to her because she's a spy. She reintroduces herself to him and asks if he would like to get dinner as a family. I'm like, this is dumb. Yeah, like, now she's only into him again because of his career and not because of, like, their son or any other factor. Like, if you weren't right together, you weren't right together. Right? Get out of here. We see Lauren call FDR before he and Tucker are about to jump out of a plane. They're all having dinner at Nana's tomorrow, including Katie and Joe. Katie is Tuck's ex. She also advises him on the kind of parachute he's using based on her reviews. Huge eye roll here. What are the chances her company did a review on a parachute? (laughs) Uh, Also, how do you review parachutes? It's either they worked or they didn't. (laughs) That's so true. I feel like I feel like a better job for her would have been like morning news anchor because I feel like they do yeah. like kind of fun stuff like that. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Or it could have been like a car salesman. I don't know. Yeah. Parachute. Like this the parachute <laughs> thing has really nothing to do with the plot. No. FDR tells Tuck he asked her to marry him and asks Tuck to be his best man. He says he knows it's a little awkward since he slept with Lauren, but it's like poetic justice because he slept with Katie once a long time ago. 
Tuck is pissed, says he never even slept with Lauren, only let him think he did, tackles him off the plane, and the movie just ends like that. Like, what is this? So stupid. It's so stupid. You know what? I think we have to go back to the beginning and say, you should not watch this movie. (laughs) That's so true. I changed my mind. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. It's just mindless. There's so many pieces of the plot that are just, like, not necessary, and it's so... I don't know. It just, like, all escalates too quickly, and I don't don't like it. Yeah, it's just... It's so weird. The whole side plot, like I mentioned, it's so overdone. It's kind of confusing. It's disjointed. I get why they did it. They did it so that they have some reason to come together at the end and like save Lauren. But I feel like they didn't need to go and create some whole side plot. Like they could have just did something different. Like they didn't need it to be, they they just didn't need that. (laughs) I agree. There's so many other movies that do like spy comedy romance things so much better. Oh, so much. Yeah. Yeah, and it it didn't even, you're right, it didn't even follow, like, a true rom-com plot arc either. It was just lost. Yeah, it's like, it is lost, and it's like, if you're going to be a rom-com, most likely you should just follow the rom-com arc, because there's a reason why us mainstream folks love rom-coms. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to do that, I feel like it needs to be something with, like, a little bit more substance. Yeah, I agree, and even the way that they did, like, the dates or whatever, they're such short scenes. It's just, like, yes. ping-pong between them. You don't get attached to anyone. Right. So you're not rooting for anyone throughout the whole thing. Exactly. Like, there's really no reason for her to have picked FDR. Granted, there's no reason for her to really pick Tuck either, except for his personality was not as, like, it didn't, like, grind your gears as much when they first met. But that's why I still think they she should have just chosen neither of them, and they should have all just been, like, platonic friends. Yeah, and the way the movie ends, FDR's last line is about he's, like, just being a jerk. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not into this at all. No, then I'm like, well, that stinks. Now she ended up with a huge jerk, and now their friendship is also probably back on the rocks again. Right? It's so, I don't know. It's so weird. We're not the only ones who thought this, though. 26% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, 56% audience score. Yeah. The ending that's needed to be was with a bromance. Yes. The guys should have picked each other. Even yes, if Lauren yes. made a choice, they should have been like, no. No. Yeah, like, we don't want anyone to come between us. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Anything you liked about the movie? <laughs> It's like mildly entertaining. Yeah, it's fine. It's just too choppy for me. I don't know. Yeah. I really had no idea how cute Tom Hardy was because I could only think of him as Bane. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. And I was like, I don't know why. That's just like, I know he's been in a ton of other stuff, but for some reason, it's like all I had in my mind. And I was like, oh, that's that's a nice, that's a nice prize. He's not a big, like, rom-com guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's in movies I probably wouldn't normally watch. (laughs) Also, you know what? I think I've said this in the past. Like, Chris Pine is just not my favorite Hollywood Chris. And I think I just, like, have trouble putting him into a rom-com, too. (laughs) I'm like, neither of you belong here. (laughs) They should have chosen another Chris. Yeah, different Chris, please. What they should have done is put two Chris's in there. Oh, that would have been hysterical. That would have been better without them even opening their mouths. Seriously, I'm sure there's someone in Hollywood who's, like, fighting for a movie with all the Hollywood Chris's just to like have them all duke it out in some yes. movie. Yes, please. Come on. Uh, Jenny Slate though was in this. I do love Jenny Slate. She is Lauren's assistant. <laughs> yes. She's so funny. So funny. Yeah, not the best plot. No. So for Reese's character, Lauren, we rated her a 6.5 out of 10. She's like very committed to her job. That's kind of like the only personality trait we know about her though. <laughs> 
She is like torn between dating two guys, which I guess is nice. She's like uncertain about lying to them, etc. But I feel like we get a lot more background on the guys than we do on her, which is just a little bit unfortunate. She kind of has like this one dimensional character, whereas the two male leads have like more complex background and stories. I feel like the movie is more about them and their friendship, but then it's just not done that well. Mm -hmm. So we just don't get to know like a ton of her character. Yeah, I agree. And they try to make this workaholic thing part of her personality you know she's like yeah I've compared everything and run the numbers like trying to make her a very analytical person but we don't see that actually come through anywhere else no and we don't even see her do that in her job other than the first scene for like five seconds so right right it just doesn't connect and you're right it feels very one-dimensional where it's like oh she's a smart analytical workaholic and that's all we need to know about her it's like no yeah anymore right so I mean she's likable so that's why we gave her the 6.5 and overall we liked how she we generally liked how she went about dating the two guys. You know, she didn't know they knew each other and she knew at some point she couldn't keep dating both of them. Yeah. And ultimately, she doesn't sleep with Tuck even after he's like, I love you. Right. <laughs> so like... Okay, good for you, I guess. Right, right. Like, she realized she made her choice, so she's like, okay, I can't keep things going with him. But again, we don't really get any insight into why she chose FDR. No. So I really want to know why, what tipped the scales. So there's, like, a huge miss of character development, like, obviously not from Reese Witherspoon, but, like, from whoever made this movie. Right. It literally could have been two lines. Exactly. We didn't get it. Give me something. For Reese's acting in this movie, we gave her a 6 out of 10. It's just, it's good. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine plus. It's fine plus. Yes, fine plus. I don't think her acting awkward like in front of Stephen, his fiance was very convincing. It seems kind of canned. But her acting afterwards when she's really embarrassed was good. Yes. It was weird. It's like she had some good moments and she had some not so great moments. Yeah. And I don't know. It feels like there was just opportunity to do more. There's times where she could have had frustrated tears. We know Reese Witherspoon is great at that. Yeah. We didn't get it. It's just like, it's solid. She does good. It just didn't seem like a huge stretch. And I don't know. It just isn't my favorite Reese acting. Yeah. It seems like kind of like a filler movie in her whole repertoire. Mm -hmm. And I feel like her acting kind of went along with that. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. It's also like just not a very deep movie. So there's not really that much opportunity for her to show off a bunch of deep acting. Like we said, her character is like pretty one dimensional. So there wasn't much of a chance for her to do a lot with it. That's fair. So for our bonus category, whiskey teacups, which is defined as sass, we gave Lauren a zero out of two. She's not really sassy. She has like a couple of witty one-liners to FDR when they first meet in the movie store, but really that's it. Like we wouldn't define her character as sassy, so we couldn't give her any points for that. Yeah. And then for our Would You Watch Again score, we give this a one out of five. This is a props not from me. Yeah, this is a no. If I'm going to watch some other action comedy romance, there's so many other choices out there. There are. I will say, in my brain, I mixed this up with How Do You Know for some reason. I think it's just because she's the woman in the middle of two guys in a relationship, you know, going back and forth relationship. I think I mentioned this last time we recorded. We have watched so many movies. Like, it is no wonder we cannot keep them all straight. (laughs) And so many are so similar. They're so similar. If you guys have not heard from this movie today where we compared it to, like, eight other movies. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) Poorly done version of all of those, but that's okay. (laughs) Okay, take us home, Allie. 
All right. To review for the movie This Means War, which is the one we reviewed today, <laughs> we gave the plot a 5.5 out of 10, Reese's character Lauren a 6.5 out of 10, her acting a 6 out of 10, a whiskey teacup score of a 0 out of 2, and a would you watch again score of a 1 out of 5, meaning that it has 19 out of 37 points, which brings This Means War to number 33 of all 41 Reese Witherspoon movies. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it does. It's, you know, it's bottom of the pack. Certainly not the worst movie we've seen. Oh, no. No, no. Certainly not. But it is better than Trumpet of the Swan. (laughs) It is. I even agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) As always, thanks for listening to the Girl Crush Podcast. Let us know your thoughts on today's movie. You can find us on Instagram at girlcrush underscore pod or TikTok at girlcrushpod. You can visit our website at girlcrushpodcast.com or support us at buymeacoffee.com slash girlcrushpod for as little as $3 a month. Tune in next time when we'll be talking about Freeway. Very excited. Yes, yes, me too. Bye. Bye.